0: Uh, this is episode 24 of the Juicebox Podcast, and let's see if I can get through this intro without Basil barking in the background. He seems very upset about something in the other room. Episode 24 is a conversation with a D Mom, Eileen Grable. Um, Eileen contacted. Well, I went out on social media and I said, "Hey, does anybody have any real thoughts about this whole CrossFit CEO Nick Jonas, you know, tweet thing that's going on? Anybody want to share?" And Eileen had some serious serious thoughts that she wanted to share and I was like this is fantastic you are up next on the podcast so for those of you who don't know there's basil and it's not going to stop for those of you who don't know the CEO of CrossFit tweeted out um, a really kind of horrible tweet about I mean it was just horrible in nine different ways it's going to be hard to describe to you here in the open but he insults pretty much the diabetes community and and uh, and at some point Basil's not going to stop. But at some point Nick Jonas starts firing back at him at Twitter. They have an argument. The diabetes community goes after CrossFit in you know different forms of of social media. And um, it just became a big story, but it had a lot of underlying thoughts that that really you can hear now. I'm completely befuddled with my dog. Well, not Basil, buddy. Huh? Come on, kid. Just one second here. Anyway, it's a really great conversation. Don't let this intro fool you. Uh, you'll definitely want to go to juiceboxpodcast.com to see an image of um, of the tweet. Um, so you'd have a... <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I'm so sorry. If I wasn't in a rush, I would, I would absolutely rerecord this. But anyway, here's a conversation about the CrossFit CEO, Greg Glassman, his terrible tweet... Um, his, his insistence that he's just trying to tell the world that sugar's bad and all of the ways that he is wrong and an idiot, from my perspective and the perspective of a D mom named Eileen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here we go. You don't want to bark one more time? No? No, no my phone oh. will ring instead. Oh, there's a bark.
1: I'm Eileen Grayville and I am the parent of a type 1 diabetic child. Um, my son. Um, was diagnosed when he was 14 months old and um, it has been a crazy almost uh, just past two years um, and he's now three and a half years old and just starting he's actually at his first um, soccer camp today so he's just starting into the world of sports
0: Wow well three years old he's at soccer camp
1: yeah, it's a it's a great little program. It's the first one I could find um, that actually has a three year old program. So we'll see if he can actually listen to instructions and do what he is told, which is probably half the battle.
0: Yeah, you'll probably come to pick him up, and they'll be like, "Well, it was running around camp, but there was a ball there, so it's all good."
1: <laughs> exactly. As long as
0: they have a good time. So, Eileen, so the, how, you and I get together. Like, I know you from online, but mm-hmm. um, I think this is the most specifically like directly we've ever spoken about anything. And I asked if anyone would be interested in sharing their thoughts about the CrossFit CEO statement uh, with a Coke bottle and, and, and everything. And and you were really right there. You didn't just like say <laughs> yes, you sent me like a, a reason, like a typed out reason why you would be. <laughs> so uh, you were like, hey, this is me and here's why I have proof. So in your own words, What happened in the world that brought you to feel the way you feel right now?
1: Um, You know, I think that uh, a couple of things. One, um, you know, as a parent of a child who was diagnosed so, so young, um, I kid you not, uh, there are several occasions where I have had the experience of um, being looked at as if, like, what were you doing to your child at a year to cause them to get diabetes? Um, you know, I have had to say on several occasions, no, I was not feeding my child, you know, soda in his, uh, in his bottle. And there are just a massive number of people who really just don't know. And I know what it's like to not know. I don't know if I was ever quite um, that um, ignorant to make assumptions, but I at least knew that I didn't know. Um, And so it's a topic that I get very sensitive about, um, and I think most parents do, because um, unlike being the type 1 diabetic yourself, where, uh, you know, as an adult, I think you can sort of shrug these things off, you know who you are, Um, as the parent of a child who you know is going to be going to school, where children are already, um, you know, can be very judgmental, um, thinking about an environment that will continue to misunderstand and um, and potentially abuse your child is something that you just simply won't stand for so when I saw that CrossFit post and um, I immediately um, you know went to their Facebook page to make my my thoughts known and um, as you saw I sent you the the um, screenshot um it's been a much commented on post but it just it's it's not acceptable for an organization that is supposed to be well informed to not consider the unintended impact of their of their statements
0: right and that's why i'm going to get i'm going to get a few people's perspectives and this is why yours is important because you're thinking about it in this specific way so to to kind of sort of go over it um the ceo of crossfit and let's make sure we say his name correctly. It's, is it Greg Glassman?
1: Glassman, I think.
0: Okay, okay. He tweets out from the CrossFit um, Twitter feed. He says, let's see. Make sure you pour some out for your dead homies. Greg okay. Glassman, uh, hashtag CrossFit, hashtag SugarKills. And then it's tagged at CrossFit CEO also. So along with this, um, oops, there's some noise filing. Is that, can you hear that? I can't. Okay. It stopped. (laughs) Um, so the tweet is accompanied by an image. It's a Coca-Cola bottle and it says open diabetes next to it. So he's, uh, it's obviously there's a lot going on here. So there's a, a, there's, there's an attempt at humor, right? Because he's trying to play off on the idea of a person opening a beer and pouring it to the ground for a for a fallen comrade. That's, right. I'm, I'm assuming, the assumption of his pour some out um, statement. Sugar kills. You're being very, you're I'm, being I'm, very graceful. I'm really <laughs> trying to like pull my way through it, right? Um, sugar kills I seems like it's... I mean, I, I have to admit, I, I have a friend who... Um, recently just willfully stopped drinking or stopped eating processed sugar. Didn't change their Mm -hmm. diet anyway except that. Lost 85 pounds. So hard to disagree. (laughs) Sugar kills. Mm -hmm. Um, CrossFit, trying to pull some promotion in for himself. Now, he uses this, this... now here's where I'm not completely informed. The Coca-Cola bottle, it says open diabetes. I'm assuming there's an actual Coke ad somewhere that says open something else.
1: Yeah, I believe it says open Open happiness. I think it can have a, a couple of different iterations, but it okay. was definitely
0: so when a the, Coke. So when this image starts out, it's from Coca-Cola's marketing company and somebody, has, somebody who finds themselves to be extremely witty has changed it to open diabetes. Um, right. Okay. Well, that's all horrible. Um, and, and the reason it's horrible is, now you mentioned your daughter was diagnosed at, um, I'm sorry, your son was diagnosed at 14. Mm-hmm. My daughter was diagnosed when she was just two weeks past her second birthday, so she was 24 mm-hmm. months old. Um, it is a specific and special time to be diagnosed with type 1 diabetes because, as you said, um, people... I think first of all, because type one diabetes is, is very mainly known as juvenile diabetes, mm-hmm. there's already a consideration from a lot of people who don't know, who aren't informed, that it's not a disease that will stay with you your whole life. They think that there's got to be an end to when you're a juvenile, and then juvenile diabetes must go away. That right. that I get a lot. Um, I get that people make that, you know, that assumption. That's that's not true. But then the next one, and I've been hit with it a number of times myself, is, wow, somebody gave you this, you know, nature gave you this perfect baby. How did you break it so quickly? (laughs) Right, right. Like, it's like, wow, you really screwed up. Only two years to to give it a disease? How did you handle that? You're amazing. You must have pumped this child full of everything wrong in the world. And it's a big leap, but people don't understand and ignorant is a good word and ignorant by the way I think is a word people should look up because I don't think it's rooted in exactly the consideration that people think it's just somebody who doesn't understand what's happening there's a lack of education on a topic um none of that in the really nice way that I just put it stops you from wanting to claw their eyes out and throw them off a bridge when they say
1: (laughs) something like that none of it none of it
0: stop none of it takes away the feeling like that, that 0.00001% inside of you that goes, Oh my God, did I do this? Like, even though you know, you didn't, it still sets off that part of you, that, that parental loving part of you. That's like, no, I was supposed to just keep this baby safe forever. And I know I didn't do this. I know I didn't cause type one diabetes. I understand it's an autoimmune issue. I understand it can be genetic. I understand that it has very little, if nothing, to do with anything that they've ingested. I mean, I guess unless you're living under high tension wires uh, at Chernobyl or something <laughs> right. like that. Like, I mean, maybe then. But but for the most part, it, this isn't me, you know. And this isn't this isn't my baby. This is just this is randomness and bad luck. And now there's a person standing across from me, wondering how I did this, and when I explain it back to them, in my heart, I know they turn around and walk away and think, oh, they probably gave that kid Coke and it's baby bottle.
1: Well, and (laughs) I think that's just it, Scott. I think that the fact that um, you go, as a parent, you go through your own grieving process and your own process of trying to um, you know in some t- in some ways convince yourself that you didn't do it. you come to terms that you know you didn't do it. Um, but then to have the world outside of you insinuate that you did, it's very hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you feel like you failed at protecting your child, I mean, for me particularly at such a young age, you feel like you failed at protecting them from whatever the ills and harms are gonna be of the world, then my my goodness, you put more energy into protecting them in the ways that you still can, which is hoping to educate and, and I think that you make a very good point too about how people walk away once you've explained it all I mean we've all seen sort of the glazed over look um, when you know you've probably taken it a, a few minutes too far into mm-hmm. the explanations and and the individuals checked out but um, I think that CrossFit's follow up response to understanding how they made people feel in, in, the, in the type 1 community and also the type 2 community um, that was probably more egregious I think than even the original I mean, I think pour some out for your dead homies was completely tasteless and and a horrible thing to say considering there are people out there who are, you know, very um you know that are impacted and and hurt and they have lost family members but to respond in the way that they did that was so callous and so flippant i mean their follow-up posts to their facebook page went along like well of course we were talking referring to type 2 basically like uh, y'all need to settle down now because we know what we're talking about um it completely it, it, it showed signs that they're really just speaking to, to hear themselves talk and they don't really care about how they impact people. And I thought that was probably what made it even worse.
0: Yeah, cause so, so there's so much in there. And what you just said, we can talk for an hour, ready? Because, because first of all, the, the, I think the next step, if you're talking about this, to try to ask somebody else who's listening to understand is that now it's a large company. They have a big following and they're impacting people. So it's not bad enough that all the misconceptions that we just talked about exist in the world, but now they're reinforcing them Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and teaching them to a whole new group of people Um, or taking the people who already have that misconception and they're reinforcing it for them. They're going, oh, I was right. They did feed that kid too much sugar.
1: Exactly.
0: And And so, excuse me, I take a drink. Um, And so in a world where there's, already a huge misconception between diabetes whether it's type one or type two and how it manifests itself now you're blending the two types together um we're pretty much ignoring the fact that it's it's a um in our conversation right now that it's um you know because we're talking just about the diabetes portion of it but it's a pretty huge slam at the african-american culture too that we're i guess we're just you know he i guess he doesn't care about I'm looking at a picture of Mr. Glassman. He appears to be um, you know, a 5'7 white guy. So, <laughs> so you know, like, I, I don't think he's got a whole lot of, um, you know, I don't think he's got a whole lot of, of feelings for inner city people who have probably lost right. friends at a young age to, you know, to to violence or, or to, you know, any of the other ways that that it's possible for, for city kids to lose their lives early. Um, so he's insulting those people on a completely different level. Um, yeah, and then like you said, the next part comes, and and this is really where it, it it gets a little weird and frightening because the the community itself the you know the the diabetes community reaches out on social media and just starts telling their story like look you don't understand my daughter was diagnosed when she was fourteen months my son was diagnosed when he was fourteen months my brother was diagnosed when he was ten years old it's no one's fault they didn't do it. And they didn't respond back with, oh, you know, wow, we're sorry, here's what we meant, or maybe we could have worded this better, or you know what, perhaps it wasn't a good idea to mix humor with this issue, Um, or, you know, uh, here's one that makes a lot of sense to me. Maybe 140-some characters wasn't the best way to try to pull this idea into the world. Right, right, right. You, you know, like...
1: Nowhere ever is describing a medical condition in that amount of time ever a good idea.
0: Yeah, it just. Okay. So sorry about that, Eileen. Mm-hmm. I had a little technical glitch and we lost something, but you and I kept talking. And we made a lot of sense. So what, what <laughs> I was, course. so let's say it again. So what, what I was, what I said was, so not only is it Twitter and just not enough characters to actually get a thought across. But in the middle of trying to, you know, CrossFit's saying they're trying to make a serious statement about sugar and how it harms people and how it's increasing the type 2 diabetes rate. In the end, when they start explaining, that's what they say they mean. So they pick Twitter where you can't really be very complete to begin with. Mm -hmm. They steal an image from diabetes that's been changed by somebody. Excuse me, an image from Coca Cola that's been changed by somebody. Mm -hmm. And they make a racist joke, which, you know, is. These are three things that don't say to me start a serious conversation, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say that maybe they've got a, a wicked, crazy sense of humor and uh, don't mind stealing memes off the Internet from large corporations that they're not theirs and and <laughs> believe that they could start a conversation on Twitter about the ills of sugar, which, by the way, I don't know that I don't think that sugar's pretty bad. I I, I think it is, actually. I think in quantities, it really hurts people. So, okay, so let's think that they, for the moment, this was their idea. This is this guy, Greg's idea. Those are bad ideas. Those, If you understand social media, the the tiniest bit, if you understand Twitter, in the tiniest bit. So he makes this statement, and you said, what was he expecting everybody just to favorite it and go right on? No, it's social media. You get other people's opinions, and they come back, And so tell me when you reached out to them on Facebook, I'm assuming you did Facebook because Twitter didn't give you enough. Right. right.
1: Well, I actually do not have a Twitter account. I saw it. I saw the, um, I saw the tweet through somebody, you know, somebody reposted. Mm -hmm. I've um, I actually considered opening a Twitter account solely for the purpose of of speaking back to them. But then I realized I could easily go to their Facebook page as well. Um, And you're right. They're uh, There's nothing – I'm very verbose. There's nothing – that's probably why I've never done Twitter because Mm -hmm. I can't possibly keep my thoughts to 140 characters. But um, so I I took to the Facebook, um, you know, avenue in order to respond to them. Um, And, uh, you know, and it's just – Again, the, the the response from the users on Facebook, I mean, I certainly had a lot of support um, and a lot of people agreeing, but there's still a lot of, you know, CrossFit people out there who want to put you down and they come off looking like no better than bullies, people who just, I mean, if you go back to the meme itself, the the idea of, I mean, even if we're going to be good enough to think that they truly did have a good intent. How are you helping anyone by alienating all of the people that you are re- seeking to help? It just, it doesn't make sense.
0: Right. So you can't make the, you can't make the the statement like I'm trying to start a dialogue. Well, you could, if they would have answered back in dialogue form. Right. But, but, but so very understandably, they start getting tweets back, uh, replies back. Um, Let's see, uh, at Leah Thompson says undereducated and arrogant, Um, even uh, uh, at Becky underscore Becky 1612 said, I see your intent, but your ignorance has led away from the message you were trying to send. Lost respect for you. Um, Somebody was nice enough. This is at McGinnis Jenny. To post a picture of Nick Jonas without his shirt on and the CrossFit <laughs> right. Ce- the CrossFit CEO in a t-shirt. Uh, one of them is significantly in better shape than the other. Um, um, you know, there's a lot of. I hope you realize how ignorant you sound. Blah blah blah. You know, some people just call him dumb. Talk about educating himself. This woman um, at Angela Baby twenty two fourteen says, "My daughter was diagnosed eleven months old. Um, do you please do some research and get your facts straight? Like that whole thing." And so I guess they realize, okay, well, we're in it now. But then they start responding back. Like First, it's like they say sugar linked to diabetes with same level of confidence that links cigarettes and lung cancer in the 60s. And they give a link to that information, I guess, saying that it's true information. Um, As if that was going to just be the end of it. But then Nick Jonas tweeted at them and asked them to not be... Quite so ignorant. And instead of, again, instead of just backing up a half a step and going, I wonder if we did this wrong, they start firing back at him. Now you can see that they're scouring the internet to find, they find a picture of him at some sort of a press junket that has a Coca-Cola sign behind right. him. And then they start telling him, oh, you're taking money from Coke to be promoted. Then Nick Jonas's people had to come out and say, look, we have never had an, a, a relationship with Coca-Cola. Nick doesn't make money from Coke. He never has. It just starts getting nuts. And they don't stop on the CrossFit side.
1: No. And, and you can only rude. come to. I was going to say, you can only come to the conclusion that they're, I mean, that this is what they wanted, right? They wanted a... They didn't want to set the record straight. They just wanted more conversation
0: about CrossFit. They were just going to bang, 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 and let CrossFit mm-hmm. be out there. And it's funny because if they were trying to make people... It's funny. By the way, every time I say funny, I mean insane. Um, it's <laughs> it's funny because if they were trying to make a point about sugar, they failed. If they were trying mm-hmm. to make a point about public health, they failed. And by their reactions and how... Here, let me go backwards just for a second to go forwards when the internet first kind of became big and people would talk to each other on it. I'm old enough to remember this. There was a lot of point counterpoint and a lot of people being rude and it was almost expected and it still exists Mm. on the internet, but there's just trolls, but but not as, but, but see you call them trolls back then we called that the internet. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, you know, it's the anonymity and people are free to kind of just be asses if they want to be and go nuts and talk and, and, you know, and, and be rude and say the, the the most base things. If these people did one thing, they've now given me the concept, and this is probably just as wrong as when somebody walked away from you thinking, oh, you, 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 you know, gave your child poor nutrition and that's what caused their type one diabetes. I now think it's possible that people. Who do CrossFit might be morons, and I know that's wrong, but you know what I mean. Like it's my brain leads me here because when their when their followers start backing them up, they sound the same way. They sound like you know if you just went to a gym and lifted up a tire and threw it over your head and just ate raw peanut butter, everything would be fine. Like you know like that kind of like you don't understand our lifestyle is the right lifestyle, and we're they they shine themselves in a poor light. And trust, absolutely. And let's say right now, trust me, I don't think that everybody or even most people who do CrossFit fit into this category of like mindless monsters who are going to scream at you. But this is now this is what they're putting out now.
1: Well, absolutely. And I think they come they the organization comes off as smug and arrogant and um, and. Like i said before they know better than bullies now luckily i do know lots of people who are very into crossfit and mm-hmm. are good people who are smart and um and would probably never support this kind of behavior but you're right on the whole i think it does a lot of damage to the crossfit um reputation at
0: least in the diabetes community eyes. and it's funny because <laughs> and because i because you talk about community and social media Uh, And because of my blog and this podcast, I follow and am followed by a lot of people. And I know I can think of three people only by their avatar, mind you, but I can think of Mm -hmm. three people right now who have type 1 diabetes who do CrossFit. And I see their pictures on Instagram and, and, and places like that all the time. Well, so,
1: and that's a that's an interesting point that I made as well. I mean, you think about the type one diabetes community. <clears throat> nowhere is there a community that is probably more attuned to um, how exercise and nutrition impact your body than the type one diabetes community. I mean, you can watch the rise and fall of your decisions on your blood glucose. Yeah, right. I mean. So it's even more insulting, I think, to insinuate that our I've, community doesn't know what they're talking about when it comes to nutrition.
0: I've completely lost track of the number of times that somebody has said, you know, is there any upside to having type 1 diabetes? And I've either said on behalf of my daughter or heard someone say, it's possible that I'm healthier with diabetes than I would have been without it because I'm so aware of what I'm doing.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's an unfair awareness by the way there's there's one of the one of the great parts about talk about ignorance most people get to live in an ignorant haze their whole lives which is fantastic when you <laughs> right. eat a you eat something that's like a pop tart and you go oh wow this yeah. is sugary yeah. and tastes wonderful and yeah. you know then you see your kid take a bite of something like that and watch their blood sugar go up for two hours and you're pouring insulin like on top of their head trying to get it to come down and you're using so much of it and um and you can't affect it and that's the moment when you realize wow i knew it wasn't food yeah. i knew it was but you know i grew up in a time where that was just considered like a sugary treat that we had once in a while and now i recognize that it's probably just poison and i didn't specifically mean pop tarts in case the people pop tarts were but oh. but yeah then so it, everything
1: in moderation yeah,
0: exactly but it does teach you very quickly like i mean and
1: hydration i mean look how how differently you can watch their body process food and insulin just for being hydrated
0: first that's my first statement all the time dad my blood sugar won't move i'm trying to get it down it won't move are you drinking water Mm -hmm. uh is your you know Arda and i text during the day through um while she's at school is your room abnormally warm today i ask her like right away she goes it is Mm -hmm. i'm like okay well you have to drink more and Right. No one else thinks about that. Everyone else just sits in the room dehydrated. Right. <laughs> right. Because they're not aware of, of the chain reaction that goes on your body when you're just as simply as, you know, haven't drank as much water as you should have. So, right. yeah, so, so this guy, he, this turns into a thing. Um, so I want to I kind of give you the opportunity to, you know, in long form, What did you say to them on their Facebook page? You don't have to read it to me. Just from your heart, how did it? What were you trying to get across to them?
1: Well, I think that um, throughout the gosh, I think there's I don't know, long several days of replying to people. I think there's a couple of points that I thought were important. One, you know, please, please, if you're going to make medical commentary, please be specific. I mean, just the um, just putting it out there, the type two or type one is a flag or an indicator to people that oh, well, there must be more than one type, um, and this whole and this whole idea of the umbrella term diabetes. I mean, you were speaking before about you know how juvenile diabetes and people think, well, when you're not a juvenile anymore, maybe they don't have it. And, you know, you also think about gestational diabetes. Well, that's, that's a condition that people have temporarily while they're pregnant. Um, if they, if they have it and then it does go away once the, the child is born. So there's all these things that tell people that, um, that, that diabetes can be can be taken care of uh, with type two and um, and gestational, and that they can go away if you take the proper steps. So, Again, people just don't generally understand that type 1 is not something that ever goes away. You can't um, cure it with any kind of uh, lifestyle changes. And I think the continued use of that umbrella terminology... I mean, I tried to make the point to someone, look, you don't say... um, Gosh, uh, you know, smoking causes lung cancer, and look at that guy with brain cancer. He must have smoked too much. Mm -hmm. And you know, like you, you can't make an umbrella statement about cancer in terms of the causes of it without running the risk of of really going wrong um, very quickly. And I think diabetes is that is the same and so I arduously always go through telling people that my son has type 1 diabetes right. so that they can ask questions and we can educate um, and I think the other point too is you know I try to think through gosh is there anything that makes this meme better is there anything that makes the statement that they were trying to make okay and i tried to think gosh if you say open obesity instead of open diabetes does that still get the point across um and i think it while it's slightly better i think that it still ends up shaming people who need help um, and again i keep going back to this terminology around bullies but um you know it. it it felt like they were just trying to build up themselves, build up their healthy lifestyles and their healthy choices by tearing down other people who have made less healthy choices um, and then, in the process, drag down people who had no choice in the matter whatsoever. Um, and I'm affronted by, by the statement even for Type 2 individuals. I just... Um, th- those are sort of all of the points that I think I was trying to get across in my responses.
0: Well, the whole thing is, I mean, it's such a larger issue that that you you almost can't ever fix because first of all, like you mentioned cancer and like no one would ever say, oh, your brain cancer must have came from smoking because here's the thing. Cancer sounds scary when people say it out loud. Mm -hmm. We all don't understand everything in the world, but when you tell me cancer, I hear something that my cells have changed and I could die. And there's a good chance I'm going to die. Uh, cancer, serious. You know, mm-hmm. your brain goes, cancer, serious, death, right? You say diabetes to somebody who doesn't understand whether it's type 1 or type 2, and they go, right away, it's, I have a fat uncle who can't drink soda anymore, and he takes a pill. Right. My grandmother lives so long now, she has to take some medicine. Uh, like, right. like, Like, that's how, that's, I think, the first right. thing people think of when they hear diabetes. So... If you're uninformed, cancer sounds worse than diabetes and, and, and not that we should be in any way, diseases aren't in a race. Here's what I can tell people, whichever (laughs) disease you may be struggling with, it's the worst disease in the whole world. Like, like it's, you know, like, you know, when you make your own personal list, you don't put other diseases ahead of yours and you go, I'll tell you what really (laughs) sucks my lumbago. It's terrible. (laughs) You know, there's somebody walking around right now with plantar fasciitis. It feels like someone's stabbing them in the heel with a knife. If you ask them what they'd get rid of in the world first, if a genie popped out of a bottle, the guy would be like, first wish, I need you to make plantar fasciitis go." He wouldn't go to cancer. He'd be like, I need the pain out of my heel. So whatever's (laughs) happening to you is horrible. You know, whatever's burdening you and to your point to make it bigger. If you're a person struggling with obesity and people are making fun of obese people, that's pretty much the worst thing that could happen. If you're the mom of a little kid with type 1 diabetes and someone is marginalizing diabetes and running around the world trying to spread misinformation that's going to make your daughter's life more difficult or your son's life more difficult in the future, then that's pretty much the worst thing that's happening. Right. Um, it is a terrible—I try not to repeat myself too much, and it's hard the more episodes we do to remember what I've said. <laughs> i but, sure. but when your child's diagnosed with type 1 and you're an accountant or, you know, a trash collector or someone who paints houses for a living— the first thing that strikes you when all the craziness goes away is, wow, there's nothing inside of me that's going to benefit the idea of a cure. I can't help my child get closer to not having type 1 diabetes anymore. And so people often, often, often turn to advocacy and fundraising for people right. who do have those ideas. I makes me wonder how many people have I asked, can you make a donation to Arden's JDRF walk? Who think that oh why would I do that? Because it's just going to go away. What can't you just live with diabetes till she's not juvenile anymore? <laughs> like like, you know, like like you know like I have to live with my pool having a liner in it that's ugly. You, you, you know like like <laughs> right. you know like whatever it is. Like not understanding to that level. Um, you
1: make an excellent point. Did Somebody... I? That's crazy. How
0: did I do that? What did I say?
1: Well, I was going to say you make an excellent point, and that's something that I read. Um, through another article that came out about this. I think it was some group out of the UK, but what does it do to our fundraising um, you know initiatives? Again, to have these mis- mis- under- misrepresentations of what it is we're battling and, and you're right people don't people hear the word diabetes and they don't necessarily take it seriously yeah. because there is this widespread idea that it's something that you did to yourself or caused caused by your poor choices. Um, even to the point that you know, I'm planning a a vacation, and and we're probably going to end up going to some type of theme park, and um, and I was on some site looking um, of some Facebook forum about um, you know special needs children going to these types of of parks and several times i've read that you you really should not mention diabetes the word diabetes when speaking to the park about your special needs because more often than not that will make them um you know basically dismiss the issue because again it's not taken seriously but if you go to them and say, my child's got an autoimmune issue that if they, you know, wait in long lines for, you know, an hour in the hot, hot sun, they're likely to, you know, pass out um, due to low blood sugar and potentially go into a coma. Well, then they'll listen. But again, it's a a testament to this lack of understanding and what it um, does. And you think about how that translates to our fundraising efforts. And it gets kind of scary when you think about that.
0: Right, right. It just I mean, that's just that that is something um, I saw a friend of mine, Moira, talking about, like it struck her like that right away, like all this work we're doing for um, the advocacy side, it gets it gets hurt by things like this. Now, here's me where I told you before we started, I'm going to at some point play devil's advocate. Right. Is Mm -hmm. that the rest of the world's problem? That's one of the questions that always pops in my head when I think about stuff like this, not just like this, on a bigger scale, right? Like, so I'm keenly aware of misinformation and what it does to my kid's life. I'm keenly aware of what it does to fundraising, which is going towards not just a cure, because a cure sounds—you got to admit—to people on the outside, I'm like, we're raising money to cure a disease. The people, most people, are pretty much like, you're never going to cure that. Here's what I, here's even what I think. Jerry Lewis sang on that telephone for how many years? <laughs> and that disease still exists, right right? And yeah. so like and I know that pops into people's heads, but what they don't understand is that a lot of that research leads to things like encapsulation or artificial pancreas or insulins right. that work better. They don't understand that like maybe that maybe diabetes isn't being cured with a lot of this research, but you're getting closer to an idea of a cure. and on the path to that, you're learning so much about the disease that people are getting to live longer and healthier and easier lives because of that money that's being taken. I understand all that, but at the same time, and I will say this really quickly because I know I've said this before, but I grew up with a friend who had type one diabetes. And when my daughter was diagnosed, I didn't know anything about type one diabetes and he was a close, close friend. It wasn't just like a guy I knew. We were together constantly for years. And and you know we did everything together we went to movies we double dated we you know hung out you know in the summer when kids didn't have anything to do um, so I was around type one diabetes for years and years and years and years and when my daughter was diagnosed I didn't know the first thing about it <laughs> so how do we expect other people who don't have it in their lives at all to understand it at all and is it reasonable how much of our lives would be spent in a classroom learning everything we would need to know so that nothing we said or did would offend anybody on the planet or <laughs> or screw up their fundraising or make your son's life harder at soccer camp?
1: It's a very good question. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and, you know... I- I'm on a lot of I'm on several Facebook forums um, when it for parents with children with type one, mm-hmm. and I also am personally not someone that tends to get offended. I, in fact, I will say all the time to people I work with, I don't get offended very easily, mm-hmm. and I really don't. Um, but I think you know what it comes to. I don't I don't have the expectation that people know, and I don't have the expectation that people automatically understand. Right. But I do think that we as human beings have an obligation. To care, if not even to care—that's probably not the right word—to listen that's when right. someone asks us to, and to attempt to understand when someone is explaining it, um, and. I think that's the only way we survive as human beings. Because you're right, we can't possibly understand and know every disease that's out there. We can't possibly consider everything that could possibly offend someone. But uh, I do believe that we have a responsibility to listen when someone says that we do. Um, have something to learn about a particular topic. You know, I'll share a personal story, short, a uh, very short one. But I remember several years ago making some commentary, um, and it was probably very flippant about um, alcoholism, um, or or drinking alcohol, and it be something that you have a choice about. And a friend of mine completely, um, no, blew up. Not from, not angry at me, but mother had been an alcoholic it was it ran in her family and she educated me on the matter and i believe that we have a responsibility as human beings to listen when someone has something to tell us
0: like that oh i think great job i'm gonna clap (laughs) right that was perfect thank you so much um Before I make my next statement, I just want to say, if your cell phone's too close to what you're recording with, could you slide it away a little bit? Oh, Um, sure. Yep. And so, um, I might leave that in because that sounded funny. Uh, Now, listen. So, you just perfectly, I want to thank you, perfectly answered my devil's advocate question. Um, In a society where we regard ourselves as human. Right. We like to think so. Right. You don't walk past somebody Who's deep in a hole, yelling for help to get out, and go? Oh well, you must have done something to get yourself down there. It's it's. I have um, I have a, a favorite. It's it's a book, but it's not a book. This gentleman gives a commencement speech some years ago at an institution at a, at a college graduation, and he reads uh, an original work that he wrote, and it's called "This Is Water," and it makes a couple of. It, make, it tries to make a couple of points to the graduates. But in the text at some point, it basically says this. Why is it when you're driving down the road and someone speeds past you, they're a crazy lunatic who's trying to kill everybody and doesn't care about anyone else. But when you have to go number two real bad and speed up in the last two miles of your trip, you're a person with a really good reason why they're driving fast. Now, some people are just speeding around and are lunatics, and some people have to go potty real bad. How do you know who is who while they're flying past you on the road? And wouldn't it be a much better, happier, and healthier life for you, forget about them, if you just tried your hardest when that car sped by you to think, that guy's probably just got to go to the bathroom? And, and wouldn't that be a better way to live? And I know I've I've oversimplified the text from this is water, but it makes the point, I think, really beautifully. Like, you know, like you have to give people the benefit of the doubt, because maybe not every time, but most of the time, people aren't running around being lunatics for the sake of being lunatics. So that when someone comes to you and says, Look, CrossFit, I see what you're trying to do. But here are the reasons why you kind of missed the mark. And if you want to hear from somebody who really understands, we are the people who really understand. You know, Maybe this is a great moment where you could learn from this because that's what could have happened. They could have had a real dialogue with people who understand. They could have refitted their ideas to not just make the point that they wanted to make, but to make the point accurately you know, with good information from people who understood, and then they could have come back out and said, "Hey, look, here's what we did first, and now we see, but with the help of the diabetes community, where we went wrong. So we're going to come back again with our message again because we still believe that sugar is hurting mm-hmm. society." Um, I just beeped out there. Hold on a second. Technology yeah. is terrible. Um, <laughs> I, we still believe that sugar is a significant issue. And um, we're gonna try again to say why um, with our new friends, the the people who have type 1 and type 2 diabetes. And now let's right. let's not just make a flippant comment and let's really like change the world together. Yay. And, inst- and instead they tweeted back we out hold into hands the hands and we
1: walk into the sunset together
0: uh, their tweets <laughs> listen i'm not quoting anybody but their tweets back are harsh they're almost like shut yeah. up we know what we're talking about there's yeah. they got into a I, I can't find it to go back over but they got into a like a little flame war with a person who was like talking about like well my child has diabetes it's nothing they did and they almost just told the woman to be quiet i was like oh my god <laughs> You're insane, yeah. um, and so your point, which you just made so eloquently a moment ago, is is to me the takeaway of this conversation between you and I, which is, you know, try harder to be human beings, and um, you know, when you're, you feel like you're doing something to help the world, you know, make sure you're the best mouthpiece for us. I was just listening yesterday to a. A gay comedian on the Nerdist podcast, whatever episode six ninety nine of the Nerdist podcast is, I can't remember the woman's name, um, but she at one point was talking about how her act is going to change now because um, because gay marriage is now just marriage with everybody else, and she's like, so much of my comic <laughs> act was you know you know oh my what what I was being held back by, and then the conversation sort of got off on advocacy, and she said that sometimes the people who advocate advocate for things aren't really directly involved and she finds it sometimes insulting when a person who's not gay stands Mm -hmm. up in front of a crowd and says you homophobes are wrong and let me tell you why and she's like I feel like I'm being taken out of the conversation it's a you know a a well-meaning person who's not gay is now defending me Um, but when I defend myself then people tell me I'm complaining and when he does it, he's educating the world, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and, and so I find this CrossFit, as I was listening to her, I really should find out her name. I'll, I'll include it somehow. But, um, as I was listening to her, I thought of this CrossFit thing. There's this person mm-hmm. who thinks they're going to change, you know, the world getting type two diabetes, which is what they're saying now that, that they meant. Um, but you know they're coming from absolutely no perspective on it. And then mm-hmm. when somebody who had perspective came in, they were like, no, no, shut up. We'll tell you why it's bad. Right. <laughs> like, Great. Thanks. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So what's the message here? Um, find another company that's similar to CrossFit if you want to work out really hard. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to give your money to somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Uh, hopefully not CrossFit. Well, uh, you know, and I think that as, as bad as, as CrossFit is, I think the message too is, you know, you can't, just like we don't want to be lumped in with everybody else, I'm sure that not every CrossFit person wants to be lumped in with CrossFit headquarters. So, uh, you know, to go back to our, our thoughts about how we need to, you know, comport ourselves as human beings, I think we always need to seek to understand, we always need to stop ourselves from making assumptions about people Mm -hmm. um and take each person person by person and educate where we can and you know and honestly to try not to take um so much offense when people um refuse to be educated because you kind of need to save your energy i mean the one thing that i've learned about being uh you know a a parent with a child with type one we have very little energy to spare and so we really need to focus on the things that will positively move us forward and as soon as i really realized that that this you know the crossfit headquarters is not going to change their their tune i put them on the list of people that are not worth my time and energy at this point and All i right. need to turn
0: to those that that are well good for you because what you did was you 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 got you said your piece and mm-hmm. you did your best to to educate the situation and now you're going to go on with your life because that was really going to be the next the next question i was going to ask you because I'm going to um, interview Chris Freeman about this very mm-hmm. topic. He reached out to me and he was like, "I have real thoughts about this. I want to get out wide." And I was like, "Great, I'd love to help." Um, oh, yeah. So Chris and I are going to talk later this week. For anyone who doesn't know, Chris is a a person who has type one diabetes. He's also an Olympic um, cross country skier. And mm-hmm. so um, my my thought I don't want to give away what you know what Chris's perspective is and what that conversation is going to be, but he's going to come at it from a slightly different perspective. And yours is a very specific perspective of recently diagnosed person who you love has type one diabetes really can't even be offended by this or understand why they should be. So you're, you're, you're really picking up a mantle for someone you love right now. I wonder if this was 10 years from now, do you think your reaction would be the same?
1: Um, I think my reaction would be the same, but I think that, um, if I, my, my son's reaction would probably be different than mine. Mm. I think that as parents, we fight harder, fight longer, Feel more intensely in some cases for our children than they do for themselves. Sometimes, yeah, um, and that's just because it's this long, hard process of realizing that you can't protect them, but but you're going to put all your energy into trying to do so.
0: Yeah, I, I have this kind of concept, that I almost just asked it as a question to you, but I would have been putting my thoughts on you. So, um, <laughs> which, you know, isn't really a conversation. It's just me like going, don't you think this? Um, so. <laughs> there's this thing I found for myself, right? Um, that my reactions are still the same, but they're more academic than they used to be. Mm -hmm. So, um, when this CrossFit thing came out, had this happened when Arden was diagnosed for two years, my reaction would have been very, um, emotional. I would have still said the academic same things, but it would have been much higher charged. Um, and now I have the exact same reaction to the silly statement, all the bad things that it does in the world, and all the ways it could have been done better. But a lot of them, it's my emotions tempered by time. This, I don't know if that makes sense or not. Like I'm not, I mean, obviously from the podcast and the blog, like I'm not not emotional about type right. one diabetes. It's just it doesn't light my fuse the way it used to. Probably because yeah. I've lived through it a couple of times.
1: Yeah and I think that to your point um you know it goes back to what I was saying about where you focus your time and energy and I think that um you know as we're on this journey and I'm kind of uh further back on the journey than you are um because we're only 2 years out from diagnosis but you really learn where to focus your time and where not and um and you're probably much farther down the journey enough to know that you know, this is is a path you've been down, you've had the argument before, and you know where this is gonna go. Um, And so you, you know, you or me 10 years from now will hopefully, um, you know, recognize right away whether that's somewhere that I should spend my energy or not considering the limited reserves we have and (laughs) and the more important things to do with it.
0: Well, I wanna thank you and everyone else who had your reaction out loud in in the public eye (laughs) because I think your reaction is very needed. It, it is because of its emotion and its heart, it it, it it rings much truer than even mine would because mine would be more like, it would lack that a little bit. It would be more academic. Mm. It's one of the great reasons I reached out to you. So I appreciate what you did from, you know, on behalf of me. Oh, yeah. yeah thank you so much for taking your time to yell at people on Facebook. <laughs> which, which when you, we need yeah, all of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, honestly, it's uh, it's a sad it was such a sad week. Like and they happen a few times a year in the diabetes community where you look up and, you know, it's mismanners telling some poor person to go into a you know, I got oh, it. Gosh. I hope it was mismanners, go into an airplane bathroom to give yourself right. an injection, test your blood sugar. And that one lit me off. I wrote something on Huffington Post about that that <laughs> like I really went crazy about that one for some reason. And then you know, in this, this is water idea, when they start responding, you find out, is it Manners? I hope I'm saying the right thing. Is that what's left? I, um, I
1: think that's what's left. Yeah,
0: yeah what, when you, um, it, that's what's left of people who write in the newspaper and give you advice. Um, <laughs> but it turns out that whatever, whatever article it was, whatever thing, if it's not Manners, it's one of those, it's not written by the person anymore. It's written by their son, Who has type 1
1: diabetes?
0: Oh what? So I'm yelling at an old woman who's really a middle-aged man, telling him he doesn't understand (laughs) diabetes, and he actually has it. And I'm just like, this is a lot of waste of time. Um but but I was put off at the time by his statement that people with type 1 diabetes should basically hide um You know, and I just don't think that's true. I don't think you should be relegated to the place where people eliminate their body waste to stick holes in your body. You know, know, when when you're sticking a needle in yourself, I'd prefer if you were in a clean place. You ever notice in the hospital, they don't ask you to go to the bathroom to start your IV? And so uh, we're going to open up a port into your your system. Why don't you go into the bathroom? (laughs) Please step into this bathroom.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, but nevertheless, when I got done and I realized that he did, I recognized that He knew all the things I was saying to him. But he had compartmentalized his thoughts. It was his turn to give what he thought was proper etiquette advice about something. Mm -hmm. He wasn't concerned about the person with diabetes. He wasn't talking as an advocate for diabetes or a person who even understands it. He had so compartmentalized himself that he was just speaking from an etiquette standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. Maybe even though I'm really angry at him right now, there's something to be learned from his ability to do that, you know So right. I think I probably carried a little bit of his attitude with me. And when I so when I saw the CrossFit thing It's pour one out for your dead homies. The guy says and I looked at that and I'm like Wow, that's ridiculous. Like like why did he do that? <laughs> like, you know, I mean Why did why did why is that what occurred to him? you you know and 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 how did he not think he was going to offend about seven different portions of society with this and was that just (laughs) as i is he sitting in a room even still right now thinking he's like some maniacal genius because he stirred this up and that we're all going to learn from this in the long run And, and and i hope that's not the case because i don't think that's what's going to come of this i think people like you are going to are going to be what, what shapes this conversation. So thank you very much for even oh. taking the time to do this. And now my whole house is awake. There are dogs oh, running around. Dog. And Arden's that looking basil? at me. Uh, it is Basil and Indy. Yes, they're running around. So this apparently marks the end of our conversation, besides the fact that we're at an hour. So <laughs> thank you very much. Um, did we even ever say, did we say your son's name or were we willfully not saying it? I forget. For-
1: um, no, I will, I, 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 I've spoken at a JDRF charity event and used his name. I don't mind saying my my son, Ian. Um, and hopefully he did really well at his soccer camp um, today. And hopefully he listened and followed directions of well, the coaches. Well,
0: we, I want to wish Ian a lot of great luck um, with everything, not just soccer thank camp. You. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, I'll, thank let, you, I'll let you know as soon as I know when it's going to be online.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: Hey everybody, just a couple quick things. Uh, There will be no Juicebox podcast next week. I am away with my son and won't be able to put one up, but they are recorded. So get back to us quick, you know, uh, subscribe on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app because some upcoming shows are IndyCar driver and person with type 1 diabetes, Charlie Kimball. We're going to be talking with Olympic cross-country skier and person with type 1 diabetes, Chris Freeman. Chris is actually going to talk more about this CrossFit thing, among other things. And I also have a really cool conversation coming up with um, a mom whose child has type 1 diabetes. She's been having trouble getting her school to pay attention to some of her child's needs, and she contacted me through the blog. In the past, many, many times when I get... um, Notes like that, you know. Do you have some advice you could give me on this or that? And people want to send emails with questions, and I just don't like typing that much. I always just say, why don't we just talk on the phone? Well, this time I said, why don't we just talk on the podcast about it? And I think it uh, it's going to be real insightful for you. So uh, go ahead back. This is a great time to listen to past episodes, um, and then I will be back as soon as I can with a new episode. I promise it'll just be a one week uh, break. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to the juice box podcast. If you can take time to go to iTunes, whether you listen in iTunes or not and leave a review of the podcast, a rating and a review, it really helps the show. You can follow me on social media at Arden's day or at juice box podcast. My blog is at ardensday.com, And I hope you're having a great summer so far. Okay. I'll see you guys soon. There's Basil dropping a bone in the background. Basil. Come on, buddy. Making a podcast here.